November 27th, 2022, we're continuing in Misilat Yesharim, we're nearing the end of Perek Vav, going into Perek Zayin today. It says Misilat Yesharim in the paragraph beginning with the words Vihine Teda. It says Vihine Teda, Kize Kelal Gadol Menuse Bimlechet Perishut Shekol Kula Sericha Bedika. He says it's a, a fundamental, which is well known and tested. Uh, in the domain, in the realm of perishut. Perishut is when we're looking to uh, separate ourselves positively, not to quarantine ourselves from existence, but rather to separate ourselves in, with regards to raising ourselves. So oftentimes, for example, Rashi, at the beginning of Parashat Kedoshim, translates the word of the word Kedoshim as perushim. What does it mean, Kedoshim to you? Perushim min ha'arayot. So perushim need not mean a physical separation, but it does mean that you've distinguished yourself. He says it's a well-known fundamental uh, that is tested and true. Shekol kula sericha bedika. Anytime a person is going to have a kula, kula we generally speaking translate as what? A leniency. In our context, it's referring to the opposite of Zirizut, it's when you're sitting still and not performing. Instead of doing, you're setting back, you're sitting back. Now, sometimes that is appropriate. Oftentimes we say that a person better not to do. But his statement is anytime a person's going to take such an approach, anytime you're going to decide better for me not to be doing this, more appropriate for me not to be engaged in this, you need to look into that matter carefully. Of course, what he's going to be describing is there's a nigi'ah atzmit. There's going to be on the side of each of us. Uh, why is it that you're not doing it? Is it for true reasons? Is it because you've really analyzed and truly uh, introspected and determined that's not appropriate? Or alternatively, are you doing it because of, well, that evil word we're talking about throughout this pedic, aslut? Is the reason you're not engaging because of laziness, because of your lack of ability to have zirizut. says it makes a lot of sense. It's karova davar. Makes it is there's a tendency uh, in our existence for that to be the itza, the will and the um, the passionate plea and persuasion of uh, our yeser, of our uh, inclination to. Uh, just sit still, not for a purposeful reason. Al Ken for that that reason Sarikh Livdoka Hareaba Hakirot Udrishot Rabot Vima Harkolele Titstak Vadashitova. He says for that reason there needs to be many Hakirot and Derishot investigations and looking into and determining before you decide better for me not to be involved in this. If there's something that seems to be objectively positive, the right thing to do, you have to question yourself again and again, why am I not involved in that? Is it just because uh, that's the wrong group for me? Is it actually because uh, that's moving in a direction that I don't want to be going in? Or is it alternatively because I have some sort of nigiatsmit, I have some sort of uh, internal uh, um, um, reason that's uh, holding me back, generally speaking, that's atzlut. It takes a lot of strength, it takes courage, it takes inner capability and uh, determination to overcome atzlut, as Mesilat Yesharim described earlier in this Perek, we are by nature 
people of the ground. We are Ameha Aretz. We are people who were created Afar Minha Adama. And as a result, it's our tendency, our innate drive to set, stay static, to not engage in activity. We'd rather just be sitting or lying uh, in a stagnant fashion. It takes a lot to overcome that. He cited more than once, uh, we cited more than once, the Gemara in Masechet Perachot, there are several things, four things that need Chizuk. Among them is Torah. Torah needs Chizuk. Why does Torah need Chizuk? If Yaqol HaKadosh Baruch Hu is appealing to us, he's appealing to us and saying, if you're interested in engaging in Torah, in mitzvot, in ma'asim tovim, it will take a constant chizuk. It will take a constant strengthening. And many point to the Gemara in Masechet Kiddushin and Daflamid, I think, where the Gemara says that uh, every day the Yetzer Hara is mitgaber al ha'adam. Every day it's seeking to, to overtake us. It means that in turn, every day we need a, a passionate renewal in terms of our strength against it. Which means to say, if we're to stay uh, in a stagnant state of being, we're overcome. It's a constant battle. It's a constant givura uh, that comes from internal drives that we have. Uh, Ramchal cites two pesukim with regards to angels. The pesukim. Yes, he 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 has that issue himself. But first things first, he cites two pesukim with regards to the angels. They're gibore koach. They have that strength, that uh, courage, uh, to be able to quickly and with an alacrity and. Uh, a passionate uh, adherence to the words of God. Pasuk furthermore says in Yehezkel, the Hayot, one of the types of Malachim, they're running forward and backward. The description of the Malachim is constant activity, strength and courage with regards to immediately fulfilling the words of God. Says Mesilat Yisharim, but wait a second, Hineha Adam, hu Adam velo Malach. Why am I likening us? To angels. Well, first things first, what's with the description of angels? We don't need descriptions of angels if we're talking to human beings. Why would Sefiyah Haskel, why would Tehillim appeal at all to angels? After all, we're talking about our world. We understand so little about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Torah, ironically, expends all its energy on describing our world to us, not so much the world to come, little to do with the upper world. So why all of a sudden are Pesukim focused on Malachim? So first things first, even though he tells us Ramchal HaAdam, there's something to be gleaned, some perspective to be fashioned for us from looking at the Malachim, from deriving some sort of direction and perspective from them. Uh, what is that? So he tells us, he says, Anything that you can come close, any ability that you have to uh, steadfastly to approach the ways of the angels, well, that's where you should be. Uh, what's his description? Well, first things first, I believe it goes in the following direction. I have to begin with the common sense of purpose. The purpose of Malachim, much as for B'nai Adam, who are Ovdim at HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is to be messengers, emissaries of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's the beginning of Parashat Vayishlach. Vayishlach Yaakov Malachim, and Rashi says, they're Malachim Mamash, the Peshat and the Pasuk, of course, is that he sent human beings. 
Uh, the description then of Rashi of the Hachamim is to describe to us, I believe, how we could in some fashion equate ourselves, and maybe we can even confuse the two in the Torah, the Pesukim say in, in, in the Midbar, and uh, that's according to many, it's a reference to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is a Malach, it's not a Malach, he's a human being. But in purpose, to be a Malach means to be an emissary, means to be a messenger, means to be looking to fulfill the words of God. Oh, so now I take a step back. I say, I don't have the capabilities. I don't have the capacity to be like an angel. But let me look at what maximum capacity and effort and energy brings one to, again, I won't get there, with regards to my mandate, my responsibility as being a Malach to HaKadosh Baruch Hu in this world. So it means then we're describing a destination that we'll never get to, but the destination defines who I am. It's a point we make all the time with regards to setting goals. Goals and ambitions should not, it's a little bit depressing, but should not be achievable. If they're achievable, once you hit it, you're no longer striving for anything. You're instead comfortably stating to yourself, that is defining who I am. I won't be there. I'm not, I, I wish I'll get there, but I won't get there. Uh, but I'm looking to it as inspiration to define who I am. I'm constantly seeking and searching further. It's, uh, as, as I've said more than once, it's the description of Shamaim. We're seeking Shamaim in some respect, but Shamaim is, is outside of the domain of human beings. So why are we seeking Shamaim in this world? We're seeking Shamaim because it's defining for us who we are. We're defining ourselves as people who are striving for Shamaim. I've more than once as well told the self-deprecating tale of the times, tales of the times that I watched my father teach classes. Father teaches classes, everything's organized, predetermined, decided, he knows how to engage the crowd, the students, adults, or children and so forth. And once it was a little depressing for me. Here he is, all organized, all put together. In my opinion, a model teacher. So I said, maybe I should just stop watching him because he's only bringing me to a certain state of, I'll never be there. It's not who I am. I have all sorts of my own, I call it uh, flares, but my own tendencies. I can't. And then I stepped back and I said, but maybe I can see that and understand that as an ideal. I can say, that's not who I am. I'm not who I'm going to be, but it's where I'm striving as a teacher, as an educator in my own domain. Well, that's where I want to. That's who I'm envisioning as my ideal. I mean, you might have your own ideal teachers, but that's who it is for me. And that's the description, I think, that Misilati Sharim brings forth over here because he cites the Malachim as an example. But then he takes a step back and he says, but angels, we're not angels. So why did you talk about angels? Shalom, that was really your question. The answer, he says, is to try to understand to try to touch on well where we could get but you can't get there I think it's very much very much the lesson he's teaching us over here to determine for ourselves and this applies in everything it applies in our well he's talking about zirizut over here our ability to say that's who I want to be that's how I want to be but you're not going to be there it doesn't matter um, it's, it's the story as well that I told once a true story as well that uh, my son was born my oldest son was born in Israel he was born in Israel the best of my understanding and certainly what they say 
is that if you're born outside of the U.S., you can't become the president. But as a child, he no longer talks like this. As a child, he used to say that he wanted to be the president of the United States. My wife more than once told me we need to correct him. He's going to discover one day he can't be, and it's going to be a depressing situation. I said, it's okay, let him dream, let him dream. And then it happened. I mean, she she got the last laugh, kind of, because he came home in the first grade of kindergarten, I forgot when it was, and he, was, he wasn't crying, but he was really distraught, and he was very angry that we never told him that he can't be president because the teacher told him, the Mara told him in school, president needs to be born in the United States of America. And so he said, I wasn't born. I don't know if it's fully true with him because he has a... Uh he has a American uh, citizenship, uh, born abroad. But regardless, similar. what's that? Yeah, similar. Um, maybe so that, that maybe that's the counter. This was before. Um, anyway, uh, but I, my perspective, and it really was in the moment because not, not that I've trained myself. I really believe this is that we speak to our children. We tell them to aim for the stars. We tell them you're going to be the greatest in the world. Why are you talking to them like that? They're not going to. He's never going to be the president. He can't be. Forget about all the religious issues and everything that goes into it. But he never can be based on the law unless the law changes somehow. But it's not going to change. But I think the description then, again, in its own way, but we're talking about ruhaniyut over here, we're not talking about it in the worldly uh, pursuits, uh, is one in which the goals, the ambitions are painted and decided for ourselves, by ourselves, as unachievable. But that's not healthy. That's depressing. Well, only if you go into it by saying that I'm going to get there and if I don't, I'm a failure instead. That's who I am. That defines who I am as a human being. I am the person who will be if that's your ambition, in Ruhaniyut, the president, the president of Zirizut, the Malach of Zirizut. That's, I think, what Misilat Yisharim in his own uh, implicit way teaching us. What's that? Um, they do psychological tests, like people probably get more depressed when they reach a goal. So there it is, they, all right. They're trying to get the goal, they're very into it and engaged. Yeah, when very, they get the goal, they're like, well, now what? You're a very healthy thinker. Many people instead think, that if I don't achieve it, then you're talking about those who achieve. You're a healthy thinker because you assume everyone's going to achieve. What if you're never going to? It's impossible to. Maybe that's depressing and you'll live my life and feel like I'm a failure. If you found the right ambition, again, you're right. You found them. The description instead is if you have a healthy perspective on it and say, I'm not going to get there, but that's who I am. And it's hard to say the word sometimes, hard to articulate, but that's uh, very much, I think, the oh, lesson again, he's teaching. Why, 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 why? Malach is the paradigm. The Malach, but the Malach is the paradigm of a Shaliyah Havakadosh Baruch Hu who has achieved it. So the same way, I, I don't want you to be the president. I don't want my son to be the president. But the president, why the president? I can't be that. You're putting that at the top. So a Malach, we're looking at and we're saying the Malach is Oved Hashem Bizirizut. Period. Highest level of Zirizu. Look into the Pesukim and Tehillim. Look into the Pesukim and Yehazkel. Understand what does it mean to have Zirizu. But I'm not going to get there. I'm not. Okay. But that's a destination. A destination I'm never going to get to. But it defines who I am as a person in turn. V'david haya meshabeach al chilko ve'omer hashti ve'lohit mahamati lishmon mitzvotecha. David HaMelech as well about himself said how he was He was quick without pausing, without hesitating, for Shemirat HaMisvot, 
for safeguarding and observing and performing mitzvot, of course, throughout this Perik and the Perik uh, to come, is, is taking us from a Sur Merah, which was Zehirut, which was keeping away from sinning, and into an Asetov, which of course is Zerizut, leading me to the proper activity. And, but now in Perik Zayin, as we begin it, um, you see Ramchal uh, prefaces, And now that I've told you the general concept, let me get into the details, let me get into the components and the parts of what, what is, what are the building blocks of Zerizut. I gave you the basic concept. I talked about the uh, value and the virtue of being a Zeriz. Halkeh Zerizut Shenaim. He says, now the parts, there are two. Ehad Kodem, Hat Halata Ma'aseh, Ve'ahar, Ve'ahad Aharechen. He says, there are two components, there are two parts, and they have to do with the time. Time is before performance, it's the speed, it's the ability to quickly determine and decide I'm going to do this. And then it's with regards to performance, not that I'm overlooking the proper performance, but I am, I am I'm steadfast in my performance to the extent that I say I began this, I'm I need a bigomer. He's going to elaborate on each of these before and during mitzvah uh, activities. Kodem hat ma'ase, and it says, before performing the mitzvah, it's so that you're not mahmitz. Again, we see the lashon of hametz, which we'll return to in a moment. Hametz, of course, means uh, something that rose, something that had a certain laziness to it. You weren't quick, you weren't quick, you weren't swift. You didn't have that ability to actually capitalize on the moment, pull out the bread before it's rising. Uh, instead of waiting for it to fall into your lap, the moment its time arrives, you're performing, you're doing. Uh, when it comes in front of you, you just thought about it and you quickly set, set into motion the performance. There's no danger like the danger of transitions. There's no danger like the danger of in-betweening. The in-betweening, that Zman Benoni, before thought of doing and performance, before one doing and the next doing, well, that's the time of distraction. That's the time of laziness. That's the time that human tendency get the hold, get the better hold of us. In each one of the moments and seconds that arises in the interim, well, there's all sorts of distractions and reasons to take you away from doing what you know and want to be doing. So first and foremost, Ramchal cites from Midrash and Bereshit Rabbah with regards to the coronation of Shelomo. David turns to Benayahu and commands him to swiftly and quickly and with, with a re- receiving from Benayahu, uh, uh, anoint, uh, coronate my son Shelomo. But wait a second. The Pasuk has that HaKadosh Baruch Hu promises um, David 
that you're going to have a child, you're having a child, he's going to have peace in terms of his reign, in terms of his ability to, to stand as king. So what's the haste? What's the necessary uh, quick activity? You have a certain you have a nevuah, you have a ruach hakodesh of sorts, which tells you that this is going to be successful. Uh, rather, even with that promise, even in a circumstance of forward positive thought and action and activity, there's still harbe kategorin. There are still many prosecutors. There's still many things that can get in the way. What can they be? We can only imagine. It's for that reason, continues Ramchal, and he cites from the Midrash of Ushmartem Masot. The Pasuk says, with regards to Masot on Pesach, Ushmartem Masot. Instead of reading it as Masot, the Midrash reads it as Mitzvot. Uh, so it means they have to have a certain safeguarded approach to the mitzvot. Mitzvah If there's a mitzvah which comes to your hand, don't let it become hamet. Uh, let's pause for a moment to focus on, on matzah, on hamet, on Pesach. Of course, the first command of matzah is in Egypt. It's with Korban Pesach. And much, if not all, of the activity with regards to Korban Pesach had to do with fact, fast activity, with speed, with hurry and haste. In Moren Vuchim Harambam in Helegimal and Perik Memvav, it describes how so many of the actions that were prescribed by the Torah with regards to Korban Pesach have to do with quick, uh, immediate, passionate activity. And at the same time, there are so many laws with regards to Korban Pesach. Among them, um, one of my favorite with regards to bringing forth this point, is the fact that you can't break the bones. Uh, you can't. Why can't you break the bones? Because even while doing it quickly and swiftly and with that alacrity, the Torah at the same time commands, but do it mindfully. Do it in a way in which your actions don't get a better hold of what you want to be performing. You're doing it with a certain speed and excitement, but at the same time with a certain caution. I once read in a eulogy uh, written by Rabbi Shalom Karmi, he said that the word zeres comes up in the Mishnayot, to the best of his knowledge, in one place. The word zeres is in Masechet Kelim. And what Zeres is Melashon Zerizud. Zerizud comes from that word Zeres. What does the word Zeres mean? It says in that Mishnah, it refers to a saddle or a harness of an animal. A saddle or a harness of the animal certainly helps the person who's on it go quicker. There's no question. But at the same time, it also keeps the animal in place. It keeps the animal steadfast on its uh, direction. It keeps it in, uh, in a certain movement which is purposeful as opposed to sloppy, as opposed to filled with anxiety or some sort of pressure or, or, uh, or uh, I don't know, any of these emotional overcomings that people generally have. I tell you to do something quickly, you get overcome with emotion. I don't know how to do it. Uh, is uh, to be held in place. I read recently that in the, the Midrash of Kelm, that's the uh, Musar Academy of Kelm in, uh, in Europe, they used to say that every person has a, has a certain a carriage in life, that's their, their passageway through life, which needs to be driven by two horses. One of the horses is supposed to be the horse of Zirizut, and the other horse is supposed to be the horse of Menuhat Nefesh, which means, say, even though we assume Menuhat Nefesh, which means the, the soulful calmness that we're supposed to exhibit and, and live through in life, we assume, well, Zirizut, if I'm being quick to it, look at that person, he's all uh, frazzled, he's all, uh, his life is all, because he's always moving from one thing to the next. Uh, you can, if you do this properly, you can live the two in, in, 
in, uh, in tandem, without any contradictions. Because Ushmatem Masot, Ushmatem Mitzvot, need not mean that I now have some sort of anxiety and pressure to perform. It means I'm steadfast. It means I know where I'm headed. It means that I'm, I'm running to perform, but I have direction. I have a certain uh, uh, ability to be mindful with regards to my activity. I've more than once mentioned this sort of context. What I read in a book by uh, Oliver Sacks, he wrote an article in his, one of his last books, The River, the Stream, or the River of Consciousness, he wrote an article called Speed. And in it, he describes his involvement with people who had Tourette's. Tourette's syndrome is an is a, a illness that some people have in which the world seems slow to them because their body and their, and their brains are moving so quickly to the extent that uh, he describes it. He said he watched this, uh, he would, there would be a fly passing by and they would stick out their hand and catch the fly by its wing without an issue because that was the fly was moving slow to them. And he watched people play ping pong and they were so good at ping pong or the drums because for them, since the world was moving slower than their brains, all that sort of stuff was easy to do. At the same time, there was and there is and was the negative side of Tourette's, the more famous side of Tourette's. There's the impulsive side of Tourette's. Since my body and brain are moving so quickly, I'll jump in front of a car. And since my body and brain are moving so quickly, I'll stick my hand into a fire. I'll say words, blurt out concepts and ideas that I shouldn't be mentioning. So there are two sides to speed, as he was developing over there, and as I'm mentioning over here as well. There's the speed in which we're overcome by this feeling of crisis and anxiety. That's not what we're referring to over here. There shouldn't be that sort of pressure with regards to performance that overwhelms you emotionally and psychologically. There's alternatively, to understand that the matzah of Korban Pesach was to be eaten without breaking any of the bones. It was to be eaten away. Yes, it's with hay. Yes, you had a certain amount of time, but you weren't leaving your home, you were eating it together with family, almost as if there should be a conversation there as well. And certainly historically, that's where you're supposed to have I'm scarfing it down. Maybe the scarfing down is supposed to be done not in a scarfing fashion. It's what I once read uh, from Rabbi Dr. Norman Lamb, Alav Hashalom. He distinguished between the words hurry in English and haste. Said, hurry is when you're frazzled like that. You're not able to think about it because you just know where you're headed. You're running in a race and you're not able to have your mind moving in the pro appropriate way together with your feet. Uh, all you have is the finish line in mind. All you have is that your, move, your feet continue moving. You don't notice anything around you. You're not able to have a purposeful thought. Um, that's, uh, that, that's hurry. Haste, in, con in contrast, is the ability to do something deliberately, a deliberate haste. A deliberate haste means, yes, I'm doing it. I'm steadfast and I'm, and I'm committed to this. And this is where I want to be. That's zirizut in my understanding of it. Zirizut is a circumstance that we put ourselves in through life in which I know my direction. And as a result, there's nothing that can stop me from getting there. But it doesn't mean as a result I'm neglecting to be mindful of my surroundings. It doesn't mean as a result I don't know what I'm doing and I'm overcome by this emotion to the extent that I can't think straight. That's, uh, in, in my mind, uh, the point in, in likening this to Matzah, I think there's a very purposeful likening on, on, in, on the part of the Chachamim. Matzah is not just something that's done quickly, it's done purposefully quickly. Uh, you're baking the Matzah and you're thinking about what you're doing and you're getting it out at the appropriate time, but not to the extent that you're breaking and shattering the Matzah. Something is being done with that deliberate haste. Ve'amru continues misilat Yisraelim, and furthermore, the Chachamim have a statement, Le'olam yaktim adam lidvan you should always, and again, this is all in the context of 
the, the, the alacrity to the performance of the mitzvah, not in the performance of the mitzvah. This is the first part of it, getting to it. Besides from the Gemara, Masech Baba Kama, Masech Nazir, which notices that there were it was a major there was a difference, a minor difference seemingly between the two daughters of Lot. You see, the first daughter of Lot has a son named Moab from Lot. She has relations with her father first. We don't look at the relations as positive per se, but something positive did come out of it. Of course, that's <coughs> Ruta Moaviah. And then the second one, of course, is the mother of Amon. The Gemara points out it was four generations from uh, if you were to count from root until uh, David, it's four generations. There's all, there's four generations afterwards. Oved, Yishai, David, Shilomo. And then you have, in, in contrast, you have uh, Shilomo only coronates Rehavam afterwards, who gets married to, Na, excuse me, Shilomo gets married to Naama, who has Rehavam afterwards, which means to say because she was earlier with regards to her action, she was Zoha, she had some sort of Malchut, of course, in Israel, some sort of uh, uh, tapping into and touching on monarchy because of quicker actions, because of that ability to overcome uh, the Atzlut. Uh, so she, quicker than her sister, had, uh, had an attachment to monarchy and to Malchut in Israel. The truth is, Malchut, generally speaking, in the eyes of the Ba'alei Musar, is the ability to overcome, is the ability to, 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 to coronate myself, to to establish myself, well, that's very much in line with the ability to be a Zariz. I can overcome my natural tendencies and perform the appropriate deed. In turn, says the Midrash, says the Gemara here, uh, root comes out of, root the mother of monarchy, comes out of Moab prior to Amon and uh, Rehavam. Says the Gemara over here, Ve'amru, says the and furthermore, the Gemara Pesachim, which we cited more than once, of course, is Zirizin Makdimin Mitzvot, which we learned from Abraham Avinu. That's our word. That's Zirizut. Zirizut. And furthermore, and along the same lines, the Gemara Berachot and Davvav has that people should run to Devar Mitzvah even on Shabbat. See, the Gemara in Shabbat and Davkov Yod Gimal says you're not supposed to be running on Shabbat. And nonetheless, the Gemara distinguishes if it's for Devar Mitzvah. That's when it's permitted. Shohan Aruch is posek lahalacha this way in Siman Shin Aleph. Which means to say there's a description, there's an understanding that part and parcel, and this is an important point, a performance of the mitzvah is the risa. You understand? In other words, if I could distinguish and say that I perform the mitzvah and the risa is just a hechsheh, it's just something that gets there, you wouldn't necessarily make this claim over here that, well, therefore you can do this on Shabbat. What do you mean, therefore you could? Maybe I need to do it a little differently on Shabbat. Unless the zirizut to the mitzvah is part and parcel with before. It's not just a greater uh, way of getting to the mitzvah. It is the mitzvah. It becomes defined as the mitzvah itself. It means that all that leads up to it, if it's done in that sort of mindful, it's what we mentioned in the last class as well, where the hachamim envision that the agra de pirka is rihatat, on the same amud there in Masechet Berachot. Again, the concept being that I'm going to the class, but I'm assuming that getting there is one thing, and the class itself, the limud itself, is something else. At the part and parcel, the same exact thing. The running to get there, the excitement, the passion that's brought to it, is part of the performance of the mitzvah itself. Uba midrash amru, hui bizrizut ki ilen ulemata 
כמה דעת אמר בתוך עלמות תופפות. אז הפסוק they read as הוא ינהגנו עלמות, instead of two words עלמות, they read it as עלמות. עלמות is like a young lady, a young lady who has that ability to be quick. When we think about youth, youthful, swift, and, uh, and, and an alacrity and quickness and, and passion to perform uh, greater than when people get older and, and uh, have a natural laziness or even a, uh, even, even a conditioned laziness. Ki hazirizut hi mitat shelemut gadol ashetivo shel ha'adam mon'a mimenu ata umi shemitkaber vetofes ba koma shiyuchal hine le'atid lavo yizkela be'emet. אשר הבורא יתברך, יתנה לו שכרו חלף מה שישתדל אחריה בזמן עבודתו. אז מסילת ישרים, for our purposes, will conclude with this. He says, and, and the תמורה, the payback for having זריזות, is לעתיד לעבוד. That's a description in עולם הבא. In עולם הבא there's no מצוות. This is a point I saw made in uh, Rav Dan Zegel's uh, commentary to Mesilat Yesharim. He says, there's no mitzvot there. So why am I doing something bizrizut? The statement is, well, if you have zirizut now, with your performance of mitzvot, with your avodat Hashem, you should know HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going to give it to you in the future. In the future, there's no mitzvot any longer. What do I need zirizut for any longer? What am I doing? I'm in a stable, st- stationary, stagnant state to a certain extent. Unless zirizut is not so much the way just to get to mitzvot, Zerizut is a midah shebanefesh. Midah describes who I am as a person. There's something to be said for being a zariz that defines you as a person to the extent that, but I'm no longer that malach in the future. I'm not doing something to service, to worship HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But are you a zariz by definition? Are you a person who is zariz? What he's describing, what Mesilat Yisharim is implicitly telling us in this line is, Zerizut is not only a means to getting to an end, Zerizut defines who you are. It brings us back to the way we began the class when we talked about those malachim. And we understood the malachim as being a destination of sorts. But what is that describing with regard? If I'm never going to get there, uh, so then how does that uh, help me in anything? It defines who I am as a person. It defines me, as I said earlier, as a person who is imbued and striving with, striving toward this midah of zirizut. It defines a character trait. It defines who I am. We sometimes assume... Uh, to be quick to something means I'm getting to the item, as opposed to just being a person who's complacent, as opposed to being a person who has happiness, a person who doesn't have anger. Oh, those are attributes. Those are character traits. Zirizut is not a character trait per se. It's what gets me to things. The description then in turn is Zirizut defines who you are as a person because Zirizut defines your perspective. Zirizut defines what my mindset and my goals, my ambitions, who I am as a person. Zirizut then is the promise to a person for the future, even in a time and place where there aren't mitzvot any longer. I still want to be, I still need to be a person who is a Zariz. Baruch Adonai